strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. This is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Hi, I'm Penny Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, and welcome to Concerned Women Today. You know, I've written extensively, and you might want to go to our website at concernedwomen.org and take a look at the post I did, our blog post, on the idea of woke corporate America. The idea that at some point along the way, big corporations started to have disdain embarrassment, disrespect, and maybe perhaps downright dislike for its customer base. The average mom who's writing the checks and paying the bills every month, you know, 70 to 80 percent of economic decisions in this country are made by women. And the vast majority of them are not shareholders. They're not on corporate boards. They're not CEOs. They're average American citizens. And the very decisions that are being made by these corporations are in direct conflict with her her thoughts, her beliefs, her ability to raise her family in a way that it supports uh, her worldview. Corporations around America regularly give to the very organizations that Concerned Women for America members see really as their enemies, uh, certainly their political enemies. People like Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, People like Black Lives Matter, which although we would believe with the slogan, agree with the slogan, we don't agree with Black Lives Matter Inc., which is has specifically said that they are in contradiction to the nuclear family. People like the gender bullies at Human Rights Campaign and others. This is an ongoing issue in which the money that we have spent, these corporations, is being used against us. I wrote recently... The end result is a vicious battle brewing between middle America and corporate America. After trusted brands like Coke, Pepsi, Macy's, Nabisco, Delta Airlines, Frito-Lay, Beth and Body Works, I would add to that Mac makeup, and of course, all of Silicon Valley decided to figuratively lift its leg and relieve itself on its customers. We are mad. (laughs) The question now is how do we fight back? So to help me answer that question, I have with me Justin Danhoff, who works for the National Center for Public Policy Research. Welcome, Justin. Thank you for joining me today on Concerned Women Today. I'd love for you first to start out and just introduce yourself to our listeners and viewers. Tell us who you are about your organization. And then I'd love for you to give your opinion and tell them a little bit about what you're doing to help American women fight back. Thanks, Penny. Um, This is a super important topic. I really appreciate you having me on to talk about it. In short order, I am a conservative shareholder activist. I am a shareholder activist for the right on a broad array of issues. It was about 12 years ago at the Free Enterprise Project, which I direct at the National Center. We took a look out at the corporate landscape and we couldn't believe even then what we were seeing. On issue after issue, Companies were in some instances lurching, but in some instances sprinting to the political left. And now 12 years ago, 10 years ago, this was something that was called, quote, corporate social responsibility, right? Now it is called ESG, that's environment, social, and governance issues. 
Now, when I say that people's eyes, you know, gloss over and they're, you know, they lose interest. You just need to reorient your definition of that. When you see ESG in the newspaper, this is whatever a liberal policy group is trying to achieve through corporate America. Okay, so that's how you need to reorient your definition. And how did we get here? Well, we got here because Americans who just want to go to work, go to church, come home and love their family, they were busy doing that. While the left was deciding to take over this cultural lane in the same way they've taken over um, Hollywood, mainstream media, low, um, K-12 education, and this most directly correlates with higher education, the same exact way they marched through those institutions, they decided, let's just march through corporate America. And so, you know, we, we now live, you're right, in a place where not only do major corporations work with Planned Parenthood and fund them, and the human rights campaign and fund them, um, they, they, are, they are sponsoring them to belittle our values on a daily basis. Right now, last check, there was 1,200 companies on the wrong side of the issue of voting in Georgia alone. 1,200. There's 400 plus companies that are working directly in concert with the human rights campaign to get the Equality Act pushed over into the U.S. Senate um, and signed into law. But, and let me, let me pause right there and say Concerned Women for America has worked very hard to defeat the fake Equality Act, which actually demeans women and, and um, strips us of our ability to be alone in our safe spaces with other women like domestic violence shelters and women that are incarcerated and, and other things. And certainly is a, a pro-abortion piece of legis legislation that would strip any prohibitions in, in the states on abortion. So it is, again, something that is an anathema to what conservative pro-life women want. Yet, to your point, much of corporate America is funding the effort. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, part of it is, I, for the longest time, conservatives haven't pushed back. Right. And so they think that they can take these actions with impunity. I'm here to tell you at the small project I've directed, we have tremendous impact in pushing back. So what's happened over the last three and four weeks? Well, on Georgia and voting, we've gone to American Express, Citibank, Goldman Sachs, Pfizer, and we've presented them with the facts about what Georgia's law really does how it you know, is a voter integrity measure, not a voter suppression measure. And we've confronted them with the language that their CEOs used, calling them you know, wildly racist laws, Jim Crow on steroids, all of these things. And guess what? We've gone as investors to their shareholder meetings with these, with these questions. And when we confronted each one of these CEOs, they've walked back their statements. Because when you present someone with truth in a public forum, they have no choice but to respond with a degree of honesty, right? And so as investors, they have a, you know, a responsibility to us, but not everyone's going to be an investor, as you noted. So there's lots of ways to engage. And again, engage is the most important word you and I are going to talk about today, mm -hmm. because on issue after issue, whether it's voting rights, the Equality Act, um, life, the left has gotten big business to carry their political water through constant vigorous engagement. So again, in my sphere, as, a, as an outside investor in these companies, it's me at the Free Enterprise Project 
and more than a hundred liberal groups that do this every single year. And they're well capitalized. Um, if you put up a pie chart of my level of activism versus the left's, you wouldn't even see our sliver, right? And that's just one arena of engagement. And so we really need, you know, if you're a customer, every company has this thing called customer relations. If you're, if you're upset at a company, don't just riff on your own Facebook and Twitter feed, like I'm done with Nike or I'm done with Bank of America. Guess what? Those companies have social media feeds as well. Contact the company directly, right? Because that's what the left does every single time. When it came to the heartbeat bill in Georgia, right? Initially, companies didn't say anything. But three, four, five days later, NARAL and Planned Parenthood were on the doorsteps of every single CEO in Georgia and all the companies that film in Georgia, where we got to the point that by a week later, 88 C or 188 CEOs, I'm sorry, 188 CEOs took out a full page ad in the New York Times saying that pro-life legislation is quote, bad for business. Now I wanna know how killing your potential future customers is good <laughs> for business, but guess what? No, no, no reporters asked the CEOs that That's question. Right. That's right. And, and, but, and I would note, I think they're really good at signing on to ads, but not so good at actually following through on their threats. So I would, I, I bet I could go back and almost to one, see that they actually didn't pull out of Georgia because Georgia has a large customer base. So I think, um, I think they're reactionary and they're knee jerk. But I think when it comes into practice, they're not nearly as good at doing what they say. And uh, and so legislators need to not go so wobbly need when they get threatened by these companies. But um, I, I want to uh, go back. I want to talk about the activist piece of it. And I, I had a couple of, of ideas on that. And we'll we'll go to sort of the investor activism and uh, and the and also what I suggested in a second. But first, I want to go back a little bit and talk about the difference between ESG and the um, diversity, equity, and inclusion departments. I want to know, and I really don't know the answer to this. I'd like to know the difference between those two things. Um, and then I and then I'll I will have a couple of quotes from from Forbes magazine and, and all of those that sort of, I think explains how we got here. So can you, can you define the difference between those two things for me? Yeah, so diverse, chief diversity officers are, you know, now leading the charge in much of corporate America to lead things like critical race theory trainings, right? Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, up until a few years ago, no one had heard of a corporate chief diversity officer, right? That's this right. is a relatively new phenomenon. Well, where was the one place it existed? on college campuses, right. there's diversity officers at every every college. So basically this is just bringing the brainwashing of the academy to the business community. And now ESG, these are the folks that, you know, the, the head of ESG, they're the ones responsible for responding to all the survey questions that they get on ESG and for, you know, greening up their companies. And they run the other trainings that are, you know, wildly offensive with HR. They so run there are two different things. There are two different yeah. functions within a company. Okay. But equally yeah. the, woke, <laughs> in other words. Yeah, equally woke, but I'll, I'll admit this, uh, you know, as an investor who files shareholder resolutions for over a decade now, I've negotiated those re resolutions with high level individuals um, in the general counsel's office and investor relations offices of major American corporations. Well, things have changed in the last year and a half. Uh, since George Floyd, the chief diversity officer is involved in all of those negotiations. 
And it seems to me that they're like the top of the pecking order now, um, basically neutering the, the general counsel's office and the IR office. The diversity officer is the one, you know, setting, setting the tone these days in corporate America. And that's, again, how we've gotten to the point where Coca-Cola runs a training telling their employees to, quote, be less white. Think about well, and Disney as well. Disney shaming their employees about the body and and the identity. I thought we are okay with whatever identity, but apparently some identities are okay and some aren't. And if you were born in a certain body at a with a certain amount of melanin in your skin, you're not okay. Um, I I, th I think part of what got us here is, uh, you know, I got to hand it to the left. They're smart. They're strategic, and. Um, what, like you said, we are working very hard to, to serve our families and to make a living and, uh, and don't always put the, the thought process that we need, the strategy behind making sure our kids are credentialed enough, frankly, and making sure that we take over these boards. And I actually feel very strongly about that and, and am, am working on some thoughts about that. But, you know, things like the Girl Scouts of America, why did we surrender the Girl Scouts of America to the left. That should have never happened. And so I, that's just one example. Um, but you mentioned Coke. Coke, I, I noticed after Georgia fired someone pretty high up that had not been there very long. And I suspect had to do with sort of the, the tone they took over the Georgia election. But what happened before that is in the 1990s, the left was smart enough to infiltrate Forbes and Fortune and the people who give the sort of good housekeeping seal of approval and rank companies. And these companies really want, you know, it's like they need that pat on the back. It's not enough that they're making a gazillion dollars. They've got to be, they've got to be awarded this gold stamp that they are great places to work and they are, uh, you know, important companies and they meet this criteria that's set by Fortune and Forbes and others. So the left was smart enough to infiltrate these organizations as well and the others that are credentialing. I have a quote here that says diversity and inclusion, which is now deemed diversity, equity, and inclusion. These departments are the hotbeds of leftists. They're often staffed by Marxist sympathizers. And this year, an article in, For in Forbes intoned, first, Make inclusivity a key factor in deciding who moves up and gets rewarded. Hiring and promotion decisions, performance reviews, annual goal setting and compensation and bonus considerations can include assessments of whether employees and managers are meeting DNI targets and exhibiting inclusive behaviors. So shocker, what gets counted is what gets done. And the people that are meeting this criteria that's being set, this sort of idea of inclusivity, which is not really everyone's, everyone's created equal in the sight of God, and we all have intrinsic value, but it's, you know, this sort of new woke version of that. And um, so these are the people getting promoted because they're meeting the criteria, right, that's being set. So now they're at this point, this started out, I think, in the 90s, they've worked their way, to your point, to the very top of the heap. And everything in the last year escalated because of, you know, what happened with George Floyd and the violence that we saw, the DNI officer has this outsized influence that we've got to make these corporations understand is not to their benefit. 
In fact, it's going to cost them eventually. That's right. And you're so over the target, Penny, when you talk about these stamps of approval and these rating games and these rating systems, these companies love to brag about where they fall on Diversity Inc.'s top 50 or the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index. We got a perfect score this year. They are obsessed with these ratings. And here's the point of them, though. They started in the 90s, you're right, um, shifting to the left um, instead of being about good, actual true good governance. They started to realize the power of them. And so when you take them over, what you can do is every year you can tweak the survey a little bit, right? You can use it as a carrot and a stick to move companies further and further to the political left. None of these um, shows this more, exemplifies this more than the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index. A few years ago, they inserted a provision that this year to keep your perfect score on our Corporate Equality Index, you have to have one outward facing event promoting the LGBTQ community and you have to have one internal training promoting the LGBTQ community um, and you know, one of these diversity type trainings. Well, guess what? Once all the companies did that and signed up, well, two, three years ago, they tweaked it. They said, now you have to have three outside facing events promoting LGBTQ causes. So if you go to any company's website you know, on, on Pride Month, you're gonna see the flag, that's oh, one. Yeah. Of course, all, yes. All the, all the okay. ads that you see that are in your face, check two. Check. Now you better go to the third one really quick. You better find yeah. a parade. I gotta figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We better have a float. Yep. Okay. Got it. All right. Now. And now you have to have three trainings inside. And guess who offers for a fee to do those trainings? The human rights campaign itself. So it's the you know the the tail wagging the dog that's yeah, wagging that's the tail hard. because the companies are funding HRC to do all uh. of this. It, That's right. It's, well, it, it's a money-making scheme for sure. I, I Again, why didn't I think of that? But, you know, it, we, and I'm not saying in the sort of, not in the way that, you know, it, that they do it, which is self-serving and self-promoting and hurtful. But I think people on the right need to do the same, like family-friendly policies. You know, we we need to have our own good housekeeping seal of approval. We need to we need to be better. I, one thing I, I said in this piece, and again, people should go to concernwomen.org to see it, but I talk about how these companies love to do the things that really cost them nothing, right? Like forcing their employees to put their preferred pronoun on their badge. That really came up, like in, in a very conservative company, that is a retail company, they were discussing whether the employees should have to put, have to put on their, on their, you know, name badge, what their preferred pronoun is, which is, you know, happening now in universities. I talked about what happened at Virginia Tech when I dropped myself son off for orientation. Nonsensical. And so that cost them nothing because they're cheap. What really would cost them something is if they actually did a better job of allowing for uh, family leave for their employees, paid family leave for their employees, like actually doing things that make their families safer and making their families have more time with, with each other and, and having time to really grow. Maybe they ought to close on Sunday. I don't know. That's an idea. Anyway, I just think it's like what we call them in the church, cheap grace. A pronoun costs them nothing. If they really actually want to make a difference, they could actually have more family-friendly policies that actually encourage and help their employees. And so I think for big companies, we need to stop letting them off the hook on this. Maybe we should start pointing out these policies that actually are going to cost them something. I can't stand Michael Bloomberg, but I'm actually toying with 
maybe getting on board with a soda tax for <laughs> Coke or for Pepsi because, or for all of them, because Pepsi's just as bad as Coke. So if they really, if we want to talk about this and they really want to tick off conservatives, maybe we ought to make common cause with their enemies and help them out because we want them to have to pay. But the point is really, and a better choice is what you're suggesting. So hold one second, we're gonna to go to a break and then we're gonna come back and talk about what can really be done to make a difference and will make your voice heard within these woke corporations. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Welcome back to Concerned Women Today. I've got with me Justin Danoff with the National Center for Public Policy Research, who has been discussing with me, what's the answer for conservative, conservative women who make 70 to 80% of the financial economic decisions for our family, how we spend our family dollars, and are just disgusted by the fact that the corporate left, corporate America, Dis, it has complete disrespect for our beliefs, wastes our money, spends our money funding our enemies, Planned Parenthood, um, 1619-esque project, human rights campaign, the bullies on the left on many of these issues. So I've got with me, Justin, and we were talking about like, you know, what's the right way to fight back? Part of me wants to go and enable their enemies and politically and, you know, kick them when they're down. But, you know, there's a couple of different things that I, I think can be done. One thing is, I think Ron DeSantis got it right when he was talking about looking for these other tech companies. He's working with something called Rumble, which is uh, an alternative to, um, you know, Silicon Valley um, online platform, which I'm going to learn more about now that he's brought it to my attention. And, of course, we can look for other providers of the pro the products we need there's something called second boat that rates companies if you go there's even an app for it it rates companies of how family friendly they are and lets you know if you're that company like mac makeup for instance is giving money to big abortion i don't want to invest in that company i don't want to buy clothing women's clothing that is um that is investing in the left. I Today I'm wearing earrings by an Israeli company called Mikhail Negrin, Mikhail Negrin, I'm not saying it the right way. And it's an Israeli jewelry company. There's certainly companies in the US that are BDS, boycott, divest and sanctions companies against Israel. I don't wanna to give to them. So this is all, it's important information and we need to look into it. But Justin, you have an idea that I think our women could do really well. Would you explain to them sort of what that looks like? like how, how you're going about it. Yeah, so it, it's very simple. You show up and you tell the truth. You know, you, you, you engage with these companies on whatever level you are, right? If you're an investor, engage as an investor. If you're an, a customer, engage as a customer. Because what we're witnessing too is we've got a bottom up problem with businesses, right? When I engage with business leaders all the time and I ask them why they take woke action, XYZ, LMNLP, it, it doesn't even matter. Right. And we, we should throw in, too, that big companies fund the Southern Poverty Law Center as well. Oh, yes. That's yes. To know. Mm -hmm. uh, Two they, things we're all hateful, by the way. That's right. 
And I hear the same thing from, from, from business leaders. They say, well, this is what our employees want us to do. So obviously that's not true, but mm -hmm. the vocal minority of employees are having a tremendous impact because those everyday American employees who think all this stuff is nuts, they're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to speak their truth. But if these employees are constantly hearing from customers and investors and you know what's now known as stakeholders that you know look we're offending them we're offending them when we do this why do we keep doing it eventually we're going to give voice to those employees we're going to give we're going to steal their spine so the next time they're told you need to go to this training that is going to teach all white people that you're oppressors and all black people that they're oppressed they can say can we have a conversation about that because that's not, you know, the world that I believe in. That's not how I was raised. You know, uh, the Lord does not see us all that way. We are, we're equal in the Lord's eyes, right? And, 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 and encourage those employees because that's where we're going to have a tremendous amount of impact, impact because companies all tell me that when they make these decisions, they're catering to their employees because that's who they care about. Well, not really, because they don't care about a large section of their employee base that they don't hear from. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're constantly, you know, engaging with these, you know, where, what, again, whatever entry point you have as an individual engaging with that company, I just implore you to try and engage more. Heck, if it's a supermarket chain like Kroger that's on the wrong side of an issue like the Second Amendment, which they are, talk to, you know, talk to the manager for, for three or four minutes when you're checking out. Right. If it's Delta Airlines, the next time you fly, talk to the flight attendant, you know, talk to the gate, gate agent for just a little bit, because I'm sure that they're sick of it. Think about it. Do you think the manager of the Starbucks in Dubuque, Iowa, really believes in all the woke nonsense that Starbucks engages in? Of course, he or she doesn't. Right. But, you know, they're not going to say anything to management unless, you know, 100 of their regular customers come in and say, hey, we're finally done with you. Mm -hmm. And then when they're, you know, as a, as a franchisee, when he's, he or she's really, really affected, they might speak up because look, when we pressed companies, um, including Marriott for their support for the Equality Act, I pressed them just last Friday. They couldn't defend their support for the Equality Act because they never thought anyone would question them on it. Right. Right. They don't actually know what's in it. Like I've got two young girls. I don't, I, I don't want their futures crushed by nonsense like this. And that's, you know, and, and I tell that real story when I'm talking to folks in the C-suite. You, you know, I, I, you know, religious freedom is very important to me. Look at what this would do to religious freedom. And I'm sure that that's important for many of your employees as well. And so I'm giving voice in, in, in a lot of ways. I get so many emails after I go to a shareholder meeting mm -hmm. and they're almost all from employees of those companies saying, thank right. you. Right. You because out loud, but we're afraid to say. Well, and, and it's more than just being afraid. They have good reason for being afraid. I mean, Kelly Shackelford with, I think, I think his organization first Liberty was just talk, talking to me about their, they're representing employees. And I can't remember the company. I want to say Delta. I'm not sure that just simply questioned the policy and they got fired. And so this is happening. People are being denied promotions. They're being discriminated against. They're being fired. But good organizations, good legal organizations are going to defend you. I would say reach out to Alliance Defending Freedom, First Liberty. If you're being fired and discriminated against based on your conservatism, but viewpoint discrimination, we've got to bring those suits. So that's, that's one thing. Talk to us about, tell me exactly, if I'm a mom in 
you know, Des Moines, Iowa, you brought up Iowa in Iowa. And I am really mad about um, the fact that, you know, Coke said and did what it did um, in Georgia, or maybe I'm a Georgia mom, even better. I want to be able to speak at their shareholder meeting. What's the first, but I don't own any, right this minute, I don't own any Coke stock. Well, first, I guess the best thing is to review portfolios, see if you do own any stock, but let's say you don't, and you're really mad at this. What's the first thing you need to do? Well, here's the, here's the fun part about this, Penny. To attend a shareholder meeting and confront a CEO, you need to own a whopping one share of right. that company. Now, yep. Amazon is a little pricey, right? Like 3000 yep. some odd dollars for a share. But I believe Coca-Cola was last trading for around $39. Mm-hmm. So for $39, you can buy a single share, open an E-Trade account, it's free. Open a Robinhood account, it's free. And then buy a single share of okay. all the so companies. You, so you, you just go on, open up your laptop, open up an E-Trade account, Robinhood account, and you can purchase at from your kitchen table that one share, that one magic share. So I'm mad at Mac Makeup for giving money to the abortion industry. And so I want to, I want to speak up. I'm going to buy, I don't know. I assume next public. I don't really know. I haven't done this yet, but I'm going to. And so I, I take a look I buy the share. And then what do I do? And then what's going to happen is, you know, you're, you're going to get a, an access code to go to the meeting. Um, it's a unique access code to you. Um, and I don't in- have to request it from the company. Nope. It's going to come to my inbox. Yeah. From, from East Trader Robinhood, whoever you invest in, um, okay. or another brokerage. They'll send you your unique code, and then you get a couple. You get access to a couple things. Okay. A, you get access to the meeting, but B, you get access to the the proxy vote we were talking about. So if you're mad at Coke and you get that, you, you're going to get your proxy vote with your access code to go to the meeting. Vote against their board members. Vote mm-hmm. all of them down, and come to you know come to my website nationalcenter.org. We actually put out a guide on how to do this, and it's called balancing the boardroom. How conservatives can push back on, you know, woke corporate America. Okay. Wait a minute. That brings me to something really important. We have to demand a seat at the table. We have to demand from all these corporations, anyone you can think of that our viewpoint is represented at the table because the sad part is even companies that started out great, like Marriott, Marriott would, didn't allow pornography. It was, it was largely Mormon owned. It was a very family friendly company that shifted left. What are we going to do about that? Don't play small ball. We need a seat. Of, and this is how you do it. You get your voice in there. You make sure you own their stock in order to be able to talk about it and vote against and keep, keep agitating until you, till we actually get some results. Okay. So keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, you're going to get access to vote for the board members. You're also going to get access to vote for shareholder resolutions. Remember, we talked about uh, in the first segment, you know, how the left files four or five, six hundred of these every year. And I can file maybe a few dozen if I'm working around the clock. Mm -hmm. Right. So these companies that aren't even completely woke yet, they will be in a few years because these resolutions have a tremendous impact on corporate culture and they're coming from far left outfits. And the left is much, much better at using their money in this process by voting it. The evidence bears out that what we have at annual elections when it comes to board members and resolutions is the equivalent of a red or purple state election that goes blue every single year because conservatives don't coalesce and vote their values. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's a very, very big problem. 
Um, and this can be solved very easily by engaging the franchise. So are, is there model resolutions on your website that I, as a single shareholder, could file? Yeah, well, so there's a couple things. Yes, um, what we have is a second guide. This is called the Investor Value Voter Guide that runs through the good resolutions coming out of our shop that mm-hmm. actually are meant to do things, like you said, increase viewpoint diversity on left-leaning boards of directors. That's right in there. Um, to talk about not funding things like Planned Parenthood and BLM, which cause a reputational risk to companies. We have those. But we also profile the worst of the worst resolutions every single year so that you know it if you see it to vote it down. Because again, these resolutions pull companies even further to the left. So we've got our two guides, Balancing the Boardroom and the Investor Value Voter Guide, focused on those two very important set of shareholder votes. So this doesn't seem that hard. I mean, if we just got organized, how long do these shareholder meetings last? If you if you sign on from your laptop and watch, is it two hours long? I mean, how long does this go on? Normally, the, it, it, it varies from company to company, but it's anywhere from, you know, 20 minutes to an hour and a half or so. Okay, I, I think we could do it. You know, I think we could all get together. I think we need to figure out specifically maybe one or two that we really want to create havoc in and go in and, and make our point. And it needs to be women. It needs to be the women who are writing the checks, paying the bills, passing our credit card across the counter to that company and, and demanding that our values are respected by these companies. So I, we're going we're gonna to keep talking about this at um, Concerned Women Today. I want to put some more thought into it. I like what you're suggesting. I think it's something that's infinitely doable. Um, if we just put a little, again, get organized. I mean, Concerned Women for America has half a million members. I, th- I feel like we could take over whatever board we wanted. We get, if we actually put the effort behind it, I think we could do it. But we've got we've to be organized and strategic about it. So it's going to take a little more thought. But what you're suggesting today and what you're doing, Justin, is really great. Give your um, website again and the name of the guides for people that are interested so they can you know, go and get a little more familiar. Yeah, so nationalcenter.org, the first on shareholder proposals is called the Investor Value Voter Guide. And the second is called Balancing the Boardroom. Great, I love it. I'd like to see mom, a mom on every board, <laughs> but I'm not gonna make the government, government force, it, force them to do it, right? Like the, the left wants to force boards to do things was the government to force it i think we can actually get together and get organized and do it the right way so anyway thank you so much justin thank you for the work you're doing people are mad we're mad we've had it and we really want to make sure that corporate america silicon valley is hearing from us so ladies join us Again, on the next episode, we're going to continue to talk about this. Come to our website, concernwomen.org. Look at the blog post that I wrote and also go to Justin's website and take a look. Thank you, Justin. God bless you. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, bringing you biblical perspective to today's most pressing issues. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. We pray this episode has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit concernedwomen.org. That's concernedwomen.org.